Hello, and welcome in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to Shia Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shia Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and in today's program, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, and I will be continuing our Heavenly Authority series. We are currently teaching from the book of Genesis, so have your Bibles ready so you will be able to follow along with us. Now, let's go right into the study. Patty, last time we spoke about the fall in the Garden of Eden. We saw how Satan skillfully used the sinful desire of humans for that authority which God had not given mankind, as seen in the incident of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The pride, the original sin of thinking we can be like God, and not submit to the Lord's authority, allow the evil one then, and allows him now, to twist and ruin the beautiful plan God has for us. We saw the wonderful creation that God had given Adam and Eve dominion and rule over, and we came to the conclusion in our last program that men and women do not accept the responsibility and authority which God has planned for them and freely given them, often viewing it instead as a burden. But men and women do avariciously desire that authority which God has not ordained for them, or which belongs only to God. The end result being that since we don't in freedom submit to God, our only master, in rebellion we find ourselves mastered by every demon, devil, human, the flesh, and even the creation itself. We are as slaves sold under bondage. Patty, let's read what happens in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 19, after Adam and Eve have succumbed to Satan's temptations. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Communion was lost, most importantly and immediately between God and man, eventually between man and the animal world and nature itself as it came under the curse. Only through painful toil could Adam now subjugate the earth for his survival. And as too often is seen today, 
the loving teamwork relationship between man and wife was devastated. Since the woman did not help her husband assume his spiritual leadership as part of the curse, he would now rule or lord it over her in the new fallen world. With mankind outside of communion with God, the harsh and brutal world that would result from human nature would often place women at a disadvantage. And since Eden, no relationship has probably been filled with as much conflict as the marriage relationship or the relationship between a man and a woman. People who at one time might have loved each other dearly can find themselves bitter enemies. And we see this all around us in our society today. Where Adam was supposed to rule, now Satan ruled. And the bondage of Adam continues today as people place everything besides God as God. They are ruled by plants, their flesh, and demons. In rebellion against God, they follow any man and teaching. People will make idols of politicians, rock stars, and actors, and sports figures, idols of knowledge and money and sex. They idolize and emulate mere men and women and that which is bankrupt. And so, in living life our own way, we become slaves of that which is worthless and useless. God has marvelous plans and responsibilities for each of us, but all too often a person will reject that plan for their own plans. And while some men try to dominate in their homes and other men care little for their responsibilities, it is a rare exception when a man, without embarrassment, assumes his heaven-given role of the spiritual leader of his family and in love teaches about God. And while our society is fascinated with creating artificial life in test tubes and grabbing at high-level jobs where there is the power to influence people, Yet the dedicated mother who births, raises, teaches, and cares for her children is often stigmatized and ridiculed if she sees this as her primary obligation, even though it is very clear that the early developmental influences on that child will play a key role in fashioning its personality for life. Mankind desires the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the acclamation and chance to be like God. Yet we reject the true authority and great God-given power that has been ordained for us. Since Eden, we have been like sheep without a shepherd. We have been scattered, beaten, misled, and left to spiritually starve as we aimlessly follow any sound and distraction, left as prey for the thief to kill and devour. But thank God, at the right time in history, and in each of our lives, the Father sent a true and good shepherd, the only shepherd who we can safely follow, Jesus our Lord, for He is God incarnate. We mentioned in our last program how one of the symbolic names for Satan is the Leviathan, or Twisted One, and how he twisted everything. Well, the New Testament Gospel cries out to make straight the twisted ways. It is imperative that you understand what happened so long ago in that Genesis account, at the beginning, and give God back His seat of authority in your life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Only then can things be put back right. Only then can your life straighten out. And only then can you truly rule and reign as His servants. In our background study in the Old Testament, the next event we want to examine is the flood of Noah's day in chapter 6 of Genesis. Before we do, let's summarize what has happened since chapter 3, where we left off. In chapter 4, we have the account of Adam's sons, Cain and Abel, the story of the murder of righteous Abel by his brother. We also have the migration of Cain and a listing of the lineage from him down to the polygamous and murderous Lamech and his sons. 
and Lamech is the seventh generation from Adam through Cain. Then we read how Eve had borne Adam a third son, Seth. Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, says that he was a son in Adam's own likeness, after his image. Seth also had a son named Enosh, and we are told in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, that at that time men began to call on the name of the Lord, Yahweh. So in the midst of a story of rebellion and murder, we have a ray of hope. There are people who begin to call on or proclaim Yahweh's name. And in chapter 5, we have a recording of a special lineage that goes from Adam through Seth down to Noah. In this lineage is the famed and faithful Enoch, the seventh in the line from Adam through Seth, who walked with God. The word of the Lord was then spread among the people of the antediluvian or pre-flood world. Now let's read the reasons for the flood in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 to 6 and verses 11 to 13. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were Nephilim, or giants, on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their ways on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. What a picture we have of the people in this ancient world. They lived long lives and were of great stature and strength. They were the men of renown, the types of whom legends and myths are built around, the mighty men or heroes of old. Genesis chapter 4 tells us they built cities, made music, and forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. They lived under the curse we previously studied. Genesis 5:29 says that Noah's father named him Noah, which means rest, because this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. And yet, theirs was still a relatively fresh and beneficial, pristine earth. They were both haughty and intelligent, yet they corrupted the earth and filled it with violence. Their wickedness was great, and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. They were the ungodly, as the Apostle Peter would later call them, and 2 Peter 2.5. And God was going to put an end to it. He was going to destroy that generation and radically change the environment so that the human lifespan would be limited to a maximum of 120 years. And in our next program, we will study the occasion which causes the Lord to make firm his decision for the flood. And we will discover an important principle about those whom God places in authority. Let me take this opportunity to ask if there's anyone out there who has not yet received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Let me ask you to stop now and to pray. And to pray, Lord Jesus 
Forgive me my sins, Lord. Lord, save me from the evil and the corruption that's all around me in society today. Lord, straighten out all that's wrong in me, Lord. Straighten out my mind so that I would think the way I should think, Lord. Straighten out my heart that it would be innocent and pure again, Lord. Lord, straighten out my situation, my family, my job, the people around me, Lord God. Lord, thank you that you forgive me my sins and you give me everlasting life. Lord, let your life live inside of me. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord, that your righteous and holy life would permeate from the inside out and bring a change, Lord, that would bring great rejoicing for your kingdom. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. We are so happy that you were able to join us for our study today. We love to hear from our listening audience. So if you have any comments or words of encouragement, please send them along to us. Also, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting our church's evangelical outreach. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. We would also like to extend an invitation for you to join us for Sunday service if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area. Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jeshub.